Hello, and welcome to another episode of Reframe Your Brain. Starting with episode 11, Danielle Kent and I are doing something different. Each week, we'll be sharing conversations with a variety of people talking about what they're reframing in this challenging and pivotal time of COVID-19. If you want to share a story about something that you're reframing, reach out to us on Instagram at Reframe Your Brain. In this episode, I'm talking with Melissa Marks. She's an incredible orthopedic massage therapist in central Vermont. And today she's sharing about what the past several weeks have been like since she's had to temporarily close her office and how she's reframing this time away from her clients. Why don't you start off with just telling us a little bit about yourself, whatever you feel like sharing, who you are, where you live, what you do, or whatever else you can think of. Okay. So I, my name is Melissa Marks. I live in Roxbury, Vermont, and I've been practicing orthopedic massage therapy for about eight years, going on nine years now. Um, And so my business um, was kind of forced to be closed. However, my office mates and I, who are two other people, so three of us share the office in Montpelier, downtown Montpelier, kind of collaborated and decided to close the office just due to safety and concern. It was March, I want to say the 16th. So I'm going on three weeks now of not being in work. And I think initially it was really hard because it was so uncertain and we didn't know what to do. And there was a lot of sadness and there was a lot of, um, you know, this is our, this is my sole means of employment and money and income and being able to help others completely stopped. So that was an adjustment. And it was a lot of like communicating with my clients in the beginning, as far as, okay, initially we thought we were just going to be closed till the end of March. And now it's like the beginning of April. And now it might be until May. We're not really sure. So Um, at least I think I feel a little bit more settled now because I know that it's going to be longer. So I feel overall, I feel a little bit better, even though it's still kind of scary because I'm not sure as far as income, what I'm going to do. Um, I will say that I am lucky because I do have a, a very small second source of income working for a mentor of mine who is based out of Stanford, Connecticut. And he was the guy that I learned all of my clinical orthopedic massage and manual therapy techniques from. And so he has hired me. I've been working for him just designing courses online for, I don't know, since last summer, I think it was. Oh, cool. So I do have that minor piece of income. And we've been talking a lot over the past month or so about this. I guess it hasn't really even been a month yet, but yeah. it feels like a month. feels um, like a long time. <laughs> so I have been working more for him and it's all computer work, which is not really me, but I'm learning because I have to. And it's 
a little bit of security knowing that I have that piece. Um, so that's been a little light in my tunnel, I guess, <laughs> having that. But I think the hardest part is just the disconnect I have from my clients because I have people that come in weekly for medical massage or just weekly for maintenance and just to relax. And so that's been the hardest part, I think, is how do I, how do I keep connection going with my clients without overloading them with stuff because there's so much email Mm -hmm. traffic right now so I don't want to be obsessive about it but I also want to make sure that they continue to take care of themselves and know that I'm out there and that I do care and I think about them yeah so I've actually thought of some creative stuff I'm not sure where you want to go but I want to hear so yeah I'd love I, I was thinking a couple things while you were talking one is this idea of like massage related classes online like I know there's a lot to that that isn't hands-on there's a lot of learning that's not necessarily requiring to be practicing on somebody but that idea still is sort of funny in my brain and then I would love to hear like what creative things you've thought of about in terms of trying to stay connected with your clients and um I know you've been doing some Instagram videos and whatever, what uh, any of your creative ideas or any things you've been trying or thinking of, go ahead. That would be great to hear. Yeah. So the fun thing I've been doing pretty much since we closed was I've been doing self-care daily videos on Instagram and, and also collaborating with Amy and Hannah. And so our hashtag is team 153 Elm Street. <laughs> Cause that's our office address. Yeah. And that's great. So we've all been doing our own thing, but we're promoting each other. I think Amy has the, the biggest online presence because she has already been teaching yoga online to some of her clients. So she's doing more of that. However, I never in my life have <laughs> put myself out there on Instagram. It's very rare that I'll even take a selfie of myself. Most of my pictures on Instagram are nature scenes. And so <laughs> and I feel like it's been, it's been really fun. Like, because I, a lot of my practice involves teaching people how to do something really simple at the end of their session, which I know you're aware of. Yeah. Um, so I thought, why not just, Originally, I was just going to do it for my clients, and then I thought, why not just do it for my followers, my family too, my my loved ones who follow me. And honestly, I don't know if they're doing it, but <laughs> it makes me feel better to have it out there because my goal was to do from head to toe. So I've made it down to the sacrum. Today I did the hips, so I'm getting lower down towards <laughs> the feet, and they're usually about, on average, about three minutes long. And it's been really fun. It takes up most of my morning. My husband is <laughs> thankfully filming me in some of them. Um, and I just wing it. I just kind of just do it. And so there's no, it's not professional by any means. But I think one of the things I've found very interesting is that people are really connecting in a much more informal way 
right now and nobody really cares about having the right lighting or yeah. the right sound because we all just need to connect and it doesn't matter what it looks like and even if it's something that someone else could critique along the line and I definitely will receive those critiques and go ahead and critique me because I'm happy to hear that but I think what's more important is there's always going to be somebody that can benefit from what you have to say, even if it's not at a high level of knowledge, because right. most of the people out there don't have the knowledge base that I do. There's some that have a much, much higher knowledge base than I do. But on average, I think it's helpful for folks just to see something easy and fun that they can do to help relieve soreness anywhere in the body. So yeah. that's been really cool for me to do that. And it's, it's been, they've been really fun to see. <laughs> and, and I think that they also, you know, you are such a clear communicator and you're very good at um, giving direction about how to try some of these things in very succinct, and straightforward terms and I, I mean you are usually you usually communicate that way so it's not surprising that that would come out in your like Instagram debut but also I think um, you <laughs> you you touch on something about you know how people are communicating in this more informal way that I have seen and I was thinking of it as like a sort of deviation from like perfectionism because a lot of the work that I do working with educational teams there's often this sense of like well we can't we need to develop something and we can't start it until it's perfect or like really 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 good because there's like this insanely high standard that people are holding themselves to that uh, no one else is really there are high standards but often people are holding themselves to even higher standards and I really like how you describe it as like informal because that's so much more relatable and like more accessible for everyone and not about necessarily like expertise in something like you're you're sharing knowledge and you are really knowledgeable about what you do and you're not worrying about also being like an expert Instagram influencer or whatever they're called. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to grow my followers to like a, a million followers by any means. I have, you know, I, I don't know if you know Lisa Maze who owns Harmonized Cookery, but she was very nice and, and was doing this women's, um, women's business owner kind of social media push where she, yeah. it's like one of those chains where you list five women owned businesses and you pass it on. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's really cool to see what the community of Montpelier and of course everywhere around the world, how creative people are getting right now with making sure we're all getting support, whether you're a business owner or a mother or a father, whatever. So I think that's been really cool to see creative ways. I wish I could do more. I just last past couple of days, I thought, you know, why don't I, what else could I do? And so I have this other skill of 
making body butter and um, I thought, why don't I make body butter for everybody with like essential oils from Aeromed downtown? And then I thought, why couldn't, why don't, why don't I do like custom <laughs> scented bath soaks for people to ease their sore muscles? So I'm actually, I just ordered a huge bulk bag. I don't want to disclose any pricing here, but <laughs> of, uh, of Epsom salts, like approved by, I forget what it's called, USP or something like that, approved bath salts for human grade soaking. <laughs> and so I'm going to create um, custom, I think I'll reach out to my clients and say, hey, here's my list of essential oils. Tell me which ones you want for your bath soak and I will make you some and I think I'm gonna put like a chest with a with a padlock outside my office so oh, cool people could just go grab them I'll put their names on it yeah keep them safe and they're outside hopefully we won't get like an 80 degree day where everything melts but <laughs> I thought that would be cool too because it's look it's looking like it's going to be a long time for me, and I know that that would could just be one more way to have my presence in someone else's hand, and so every time they use it, they think, okay, here's my massage therapist telling me to do my self care and encouraging me to take care of my skin and encouraging me to relax a little bit. So. Yeah. I think I'm going to be rolling that out like next week because I still have, haven't gotten all the ingredients yet that are being shipped here. <laughs> so I will let you know when that happens. I think that sounds amazing. I love that idea. I think like your, you know, your thoughtfulness about how you can support people from a distance and the idea of like, it reminds them of you, I think is great, you know, <laughs> because when, as people start like coming out of this, like weird, you know, isolation that we're in, everyone needs, everyone's going to need massages, everybody. And yeah. And sometimes I will say that sometimes people don't want to hear what I have to tell them because <laughs> it's not comfortable. Like they know they're going to have to do work. Yeah. So in some way, whether they like it or not, this is one way for me to just constantly remind them, this is what you're going to have to do. It's up to you. It's not just up to me. So yeah. that's my demon. My demon side is coming out there. <laughs> I, I mean, if you want to call it that, that's up to you. <laughs> I think that's Maybe. Pretty realistic, you know. You're giving them information and education, and they can choose to do with it what they want to. Um, but I still, I think that's a really great way to like, like the idea of curbside pickup of bath yeah. salts <laughs> cracks me up. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, I really like that idea. I mean, you know, Montpelier is such a small town that like even takeout sometimes is not an option when yeah. like, everything's normal. And so it's really funny to me to think like the toy store was having curbside pickup for a while. Wow. You know? Yeah. Cause everyone was buying puzzles and games anticipating that they yeah. were all going to be stuck home together. 
then I don't know if they're still doing that or not but um either that was that like that's just so funny to me (laughs) (laughs) I know well I mean they are gonna have to like go to the back of the building and I don't necessarily have a curb I have a porch but (laughs) still I think that's great porch side porch side pickup pickup good good choice of words (laughs) (laughs) it's even better that you have a porch probably um yeah we've done that for donuts We've done that for some, what else have we done? Groceries. Um, Yeah. Well, what does this make you think about? Like some people I've talked with are like trying to reconfigure like how they see their businesses Mm -hmm. or how they see their work. Um, And I wonder if, if that is something that you've been thinking about, like, since you are, like, solely a massage therapist. Yeah. And, like, I, like, I have, like, three different jobs, and they're all kind of similar, but if one of them kind of evaporates, there's something else, and I wonder sometimes for people who, like, just have really one focus, whether that this situation has like made you think about that is that what you want to continue do you still see that like or do you imagine like diversifying into like body butter insults indefinitely (laughs) (laughs) are you gonna develop like your own line (laughs) like where does your imagination go with the possibilities of like how to you know move moving forward or maybe you don't think like that and you have a different No, I definitely do think like that. And it's funny you ask because before this all happened, I was set to go to Boston to do a training in Pilates teacher training. Mm. That was supposed to be March 20th, March 2021, 22, 23. So it was a four day teacher training to learn how to teach Pilates mat level one and level two. And for a long time, I've been thinking about doing a movement-based certification to supplement my career because I won't be able to continue doing this type of work well into my older years because my body won't allow it. Mm -hmm. However, (laughs) if I learn how to teach Pilates, which has been a passion of mine for a while, I could see myself teaching Pilates well into my old age. So. Unfortunately, that got canceled, Um, so it's going to be postponed, but it has been making me think even more, I guess, fiercely about that second part of my life. Um, So I've continued to take online Pilates classes from some really wonderful websites and from the teacher that I was supposed to be training from. Shout out to Simona Cipriani down in Stamford, Connecticut at the Art of Control. (laughs) Um, So that definitely is something. I don't want to say it's reconfiguring my business because Mm, I intend to go fully back into my job. However, I want to get certified in this type of modality, which will probably take me 
realistically about three to four years because mm-hmm. um, it's not an easy situation being far away from the studio and living yeah. out in Roxbury, Vermont. Um, <laughs> For everyone who's not, listening, Roxbury yeah. is not a big town. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. leave it at that. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Our only paved road is the main drag downtown. All of the other roads in Roxbury are dirt roads. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so that, I think that has been more on my mind. And then just the whole online thing, like maybe in the future I could do more teaching and yeah. maybe in the future I could... I have been, um, Dr. Joe, my mentor, um, who I design courses with online right now, Mm -hmm. he, he occasionally asked me to be a TA, a teacher's assistant. So that's always in the back of my mind too, is, is teaching massage therapy and helping out other schools and whether or not that actually evolves is unknown. Yeah. But I kind of feel like I'm a natural teacher anyways, because I do it every day in my office. Yeah. I agree with that. It's it's comforting to do because I know it, I know it helps others. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So can, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about like what it is like, like the idea of online classes, for massage related things are those a lot like can you describe a little bit about what that's like how you like that so I have most of my experience with online classes are from the guy who I've done training with I haven't really experimented too much with other gurus out there and there are a lot of them Mm. um it's not I have to say I definitely am a hands-on person so it's not my favorite. However, with technology they have today and with the cameras and the lighting, it's pretty spectacular what you can learn with massage therapy online. Um, whether or not it's just lecture or if you're actually doing a demo of hands-on, yeah, um, it's diff- it depends on what the content is. But it's pretty impressive what's out there now. Um, I think it's come a long way from when I started out as a massage therapist. I don't even remember any online classes. It wasn't that long ago, but it was long enough ago to, I mean, there were like old videos and stuff, but not so much actual continuing education that gives you continuing education credits. Yeah. So in most states, you have to earn those to keep a license going or to keep a national board certification going. You need to earn a certain number of those. So most of that for me has been with my guru, Dr. Joe (laughs) Muscolino. Or um, sometimes I do like an ethics, ethics class through the American Massage Therapy Association or through the national board, NCBTMB, it's called. So I have done a few, but I wouldn't say it's been a lot. Most of the continuing education I've been doing is, is hands, you know, in-person workshops at a convention or 
at a weekend type workshop. But the, the online stuff is, of course, now is even just within the last couple of weeks. I think Tom Myers up in Maine just put out a huge new um, format for online workshops because most of his workshops, of course, had to be canceled. Right. And he, he has the money and he has the technology to say, hey, join me for a live webinar. Wow. To do a workshop. So he put that out, I think, last last week or a week and a half ago. His, he's a things- I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's mm-hmm. the he? So it's Tom Myers. He's in Maine and he's famous for his anatomy trains. Um, book all about myofascial Mm. meridians and myofascial work so he's pretty well known in that world Mm -hmm. um and then there's whitney oh and and dr joe is up there so there's a lot of gurus mostly men i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) but they're all good no no harm there but Yeah, so online is on the up and up for everything. Pilates, yoga, even mental health right now is huge. So it's so interesting to see that shift and to see like what is free or like temporarily free even and yeah, how much learning there is to do. I feel like there's so many things to learn right now. And it sort of makes me think like, what if like some of this were available all the time? Like, why does it take, you know, a like major global crisis for people (laughs) to think like, oh, maybe what I have can help somebody or further someone's knowledge or like give them something to do. I mean, I'm sure there are lots of reasons why, but it's just interesting how like the money piece sort of evaporates and I really wonder how that will look as things like down the road sort of people begin working more and people are able to see each other in person like will some element of that remain because it's so cool to yeah like be able to access for me like some of the professional development stuff Um, the national organization that I have my accreditation through gave all of their members access to like a giant library of professional development courses that normally some are free, some aren't. And I I think that's really cool. And like uh, my partner and I are learning Vietnamese um, (laughs) on um, online and like the subscription for it was like half off. And I just think it's great. Like, why do things need to cost so much? I wonder if it'll stay that way or how long it'll take for those prices to like creep back up so that it's like a, such a privilege to be able to access information. And especially like you're describing the technology and how amazing it is. It makes things accessible, like learning about something that, eight or 10 years ago, you really would have had to do in person. I mean, I was, I was in grad school about, I finished in 2011 and I took like a couple of online courses, but it was like statistics and 
a research yeah. class. It wasn't anything, you know, it was a lot of like textbook type stuff. And it was very uh, like limited levels of live engagement. A lot of it was like back and forth discussion boards and stuff. And that, that wasn't that long ago either. And online classes are just so different now. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I hope to stay low because I feel like the generosity right now is amazing. Yeah. It feels amazing. And none of us have ever lived through, well, my dad lived through the polio crisis, but he was a kid mm. back in the 50s. Um, but this is so unique, this pandemic. And I hope we learn from this you know that's my biggest fear is that we we just continue on like nothing's changed even though it will take especially for the economy many many years to recover yeah but i hope it i hope our our generosity and our spirits don't forget what this experience has been like and we just i think for those of us like you who care and are doing things like this we are we'll never forget it but there are some people out there, and I hate to say it, that probably won't care. And they'll just forget the love that's happening right now. Yeah, yeah. Like I think about, um, you know, things that, especially in places that are maybe struggling a lot more than we are in Vermont, just because of the population density, the effect that generosity and caring about other people has you know feels like just hearing about those examples feels so um like it's not quite reassuring but like there's a sense of like relief that people care about each other there too <laughs> you know it's not just like in our sort of small town you know, local mentality, it's a bigger, a, a, yeah. a more, a more bigger occurring <laughs> experience. Yeah. Um, and I've heard from other people too, who've said that like their connection with, because everything is happening through technology, their ability to connect with people who are farther away and who they don't see regularly has changed like they're connecting with people more often which I also yeah. find fascinating because like that that's been an option and it's just like <laughs> the idea that like but now it's not an option to see them in person makes it so people are like well we have to do this now <laughs> it's funny to me like the psychology behind that I wonder about <laughs> like like you could have driven to visit your family like forever but now that you can't you're like we must talk via zoom yeah. weekly yeah you're right yeah i think my family in the past couple weeks we've zoomed twice which is we've never done that ever before like we were definitely we talked to each other a lot and we pretty good family connections we have already but it's it's you're right it's like this is different because we can't see each other in person we we're they literally do not want anyone to cross a border right now. So right. It, you're right. It's interesting how that changes your perspective. And maybe it's the, the fact that 
who knows what happens. Like I was really worried about my 78 year old father mm. and him not taking it seriously. And of course now he is, cause he, <laughs> but it took him a while. And I think that my sisters and I are like, you know, this, this could kill him. So we better keep in touch. Mm -hmm. It's scary. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing I wanted to ask you about is you've talked a lot about how you're thinking about ways you can support other people and ways you can like let people know that you're thinking of them. And one of the questions I've been asking is like, how are, how are each of us supporting ourselves? Um, and are there things that you do that you feel like sharing about that you find help you stay like mm, in whatever kind of place feels like where you need to be <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. you know yeah definitely um taking a lot more walks in my wonderful neighborhood and actually talking to some neighbors that I've never talked to before we've been here in this house for four years and I and I just in the past two weeks have met more neighbors than I have in the past four years wow um, so and I think just to, for context too like when Melissa says neighborhood it's like, <laughs> you know not like probably houses are visible from where she is right. like probably like you have to walk to the end of like a half yeah. mile long driveway and there's trees <laughs> everywhere <laughs> just to give people some context because <laughs> it changes yeah. the dynamic a little bit it's not like you can look out your window and wave to each other and you've just been like right. turning your back on yeah. all these years <laughs> yeah there's like walking involved for sure yes. <laughs> That is really interesting. I mean, I think that is funny and so characteristic of like rural Vermont where you know you have neighbors, but you might never see them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and I've been, cooking, I've been cooking a lot more, like actually opening up. I have a huge collection of cookbooks because I'm a foodie, but it's not often that I can get a chance to actually read through page by page. <laughs> so I've been picking a cookbook and I've got four stacked on my kitchen table right now. Nice. And just paging through from the introduction to the appendix, every day a, a different cookbook and tagging the pages I wanna try and remembering, oh, I remember that recipe. Evan. And I, one thing I'm kind of geeky about is that I'll write a date and a note about each if I do cook something from that cookbook I'll write a note about it like March 2011 I this was great but it would have been better with some more cayenne you know so <laughs> so now every time I write a note it's COVID-19 2020 and like <laughs> so I know in the future when I go back I'll look at that and I'll remember oh my god I made this during the COVID-19 pandemic so that's been really helpful for my mind to slow down and cook better meals for my husband and I. Um, definitely more time with my husband has been nice to a certain degree. <laughs> yeah, I can relate. Uh, no, I understand. And <laughs> awesome. Um, and just being able to take, like, do more Pilates classes and yeah, 
recognize the fact that, okay, so I'm not working on anybody else, but I can work on myself. And it, that's a blessing in disguise. It's, it took me a while to figure that out, but I really, I do care about self-care and I have to practice what I preach. So I'm yeah. doing as much. <laughs> you don't want any, you don't want anyone calling you out on your Instagram. Right. <laughs> Definitely not. So yeah, I think that my form of meditation is just being out in nature by myself. And I think the fact that it's spring here in Vermont, like I have a friend, a dear friend who's in the Southern hemisphere in New Zealand. So they're entering winter right now. So I've thought about her a lot because I think, what would I feel like if this was happening to me in November right yeah. now, going into the winter in Vermont, not being able to go to the ski mountain, you know, not being able to, or just feeling that Southern, Southern hemisphere would be, I'm so glad that we're entering spring. Yeah. I, I feel- can't even imagine <laughs> like the exponential effect that would have on people's mental health in this area to be entering like fall and winter and like shorter days. And it's been so nice when there've been sunny days, there haven't been too many warm days yet, but warmer. And, and that's like, it makes such an incredible difference here. You know, like we can open the doors and be outside and um, yeah. I have thought about that too. My garden, I, I'll try to contain my swear words, but my garden is going to kick butt this year. <laughs> I actually had time to grow things and I'm really lucky. And maybe more people will grow more food knowing that this is happening. Yes, I think that's happening. I think I read somewhere that like, People are buying a lot more seeds. I've been wondering like what'll happen in the next like three weeks or so when like the, the like garden stores and the like, you know, um, yard garden stores are like yeah. starting to ramp up, yeah. like how that's going to affect their ability to mm-hmm. sell things. Cause I really wanted flowers the other day. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's nice and sunny. I want like a hanging flower basket. Yes. <laughs> But I remembered it was like not even April yet (laughs) and that it'll probably frost a few more times. (laughs) You'll have to start one on your own in your house. Yes. Well, we had this same sort of, we don't have a a ton of garden space and we're not especially um, consistent about taking care of our garden when we planted one in the past. But um, we, we went and looked at online and ordered some seeds and picked out like sort of random things. You know, I was like, I want these carrots because they're purple. Yeah. I want, <laughs> you know, like these beets because they grow in a funny shape. Like yeah. my rationale for things is awesome. You know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever makes you happy. You yeah. Know? That's exactly what it was about. And I was like, you know, maybe they'll turn into what it actually is supposed to grow into, or maybe the squirrels will get well, like, Carrots and beets are really easy to grow. You'll be they fine. Are. You do beets, need a, you need some space though and some depth of your soil. <laughs> yeah, we got those and we got um, like pole beans because there's a couple of places mm-hmm. I like to grow things that will creep, climb, 
and onions. I nice. don't know. <laughs> and then flowers, a bunch of different kinds of flowers. Can't so, go wrong with flowers. Yeah, that's my, my theory too. And I know that around here, so many of like the CSAs and local vegetable places will be gearing up. So I feel like there will be a, a like endless supply of kale and zucchini in. Yes. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> um, well, I think that that sort of wraps up what I was thinking about asking you about. Unless there's anything else you want to say. No, I just want to say thank you for doing this. I think it's a great idea that you're sharing. And I think a lot of people will be interested in, in hearing it. So if you want me to tell other people about it, I will. Yes, please do. Um, and just I'll share a little bit about. Um, so yesterday I interviewed someone. I call them interviews. They're really just conversations, but I don't know what else to call them. I conversated with conversed with converse let's do that I conversed with um another a friend who's a speech therapist and tomorrow I'm talking with someone who is a, an audiologist um oh, cool. and next week there's like someone who's a special educator and then after that there's just like lots of people who like I don't have like a professional connection with and they're just people that I know like you you know, like, well, I know you because you're my massage therapist, but, um, <laughs> but some of the people who were really interested in talking with me are just, they're just people. And I kind of like that, you know, it's, they're not, cool. yeah, there's no, like, you have to be doing this or be able to share about this particular topic. It's really just anybody who wants to talk about anything. That's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.